Peace be upon you. So one of the fabrications against the Prophet that was created by the corrupt Muslim ulama was that he was illiterate and could not read or write. This fabrication originated because Muhammad, unlike the previous prophets and messengers of the past, did not have a physical miracle. So individuals created this lie in order to create a physical miracle attributed to their prophet to show the miraculous nature of the Quran. But this simple act contradicts the Quran. God tells us in the Quran that Muhammad did not have a physical miracle. In Surah 10 verse 20 it says, They say, How come no miracle came down to him from his Lord? Say, The future belongs to God, so wait and I am waiting along with you. So God is telling the Prophet that when people accuse him of not having a physical miracle, that the response he should give is to wait and I am waiting along with you. That unlike the prophets and the messengers in the past who had physical miracles that they manifested, Muhammad's response was to wait, meaning he did not have a physical miracle. If, for instance, he received this Quran and was able to recite it despite being illiterate, then that would be a physical miracle. But this is not the case. So what are some of the evidence that we have to prove that Muhammad not only could read and write, but that he actually was the one who originally wrote the Quran with his own hand. Muhammad was a successful merchant. The Muslim scholars who fabricated the illiteracy lie forgot that there was no numbers during the Prophet's time. The letters of the alphabet were used as numbers similar to Roman numerals. As a merchant dealing with numbers every day, the Prophet had to know the alphabet from 1 to 1,000. So in Arabic, each of the 28 letters correspond not only with a, a phonetic sound, but also with a numerical value. This is known as the geometrical value. So for instance, the letter Aleph has a value of 1, Be has a value of 2, Qain has a value of 1,000. So Muhammad, by being a merchant, would have had to have known the Arabic alphabet just because this is the way that they conducted prices and transactions. So at a minimum, he knew the Arabic alphabet. But we see that even the contemporaries at the time of the Prophet acknowledge that he could read and write. In Surah 25 verse 5, it reads, They also said tales from the past that he wrote down. They were dictated to him day and night. This shows that the contemporaries at the time of the Prophet acknowledge that he could read and write because they're saying that this revelation was dictated to him and he was the one who wrote it down. But even if we look at the revelations given to the Prophet, it's clear that he could read and write. For instance, the first revelation given to the Prophet was Surah 96 and it was the first five verses. And it reads, read is the very first word that was commanded to Muhammad. And it continues, says, Read in the name of your Lord who created. He created man from an embryo. Read and your Lord most exalted teaches by means of the pen. He teaches man what he never knew. So the very first commandment given to the prophet was that to read. And God is telling the prophet that he teaches by means of the pen. Now, some people say, oh, that's metaphorical, that the pen is only symbolic. But this is clarified in the next revelation in Surah 68. In Surah 68, verse 1 reads, Noon, the pen, and what they, the people, write. 
So God is telling us that the function of the pen is to write. God is telling us that he taught Prophet Muhammad what he never knew by means of the pen. So in order for him to disseminate this information, he had to have written it down. So we see the first revelation is to read, the second revelation is to write, and the third revelation is Surah 73. And if we start reading Surah 73, it says, Oh, you cloaked one, meditate during the night, except rarely half of it or a little less or a little more, and read the Quran from cover to cover. And the Arabic that's used here for read is ratili. This means to read slowly and correctly. So God again is commanding the prophet to read the Quran as it's being revealed to him. It's not to recite, but specifically to read. It was Muhammad's sole duty to deliver God's final scripture to mankind. If he outsourced the critical task of physically writing the revelations he received from God during the 23 years he was receiving Quranic revelations, then he would have been neglecting his very function as a prophet. Can you imagine for 23 years for him to stay illiterate? Like you can say at the onset, maybe his uh, reading and writing skills weren't that great. But over 23 years, being given these revelations that he was incapable of reading and writing, that he outsourced this to some other individual, did Moses, when he received the commandments from God, did he have someone else write it for him? No. He wrote it with his own hand. And Muhammad, being a prophet of God, did the exact same as all the prophets before him. In Surah 42, verse 48, it reads, If they turn away, we do not send you as their guardian. Your sole mission is delivering the message. This was Prophet Muhammad's sole mission was to deliver this message. To think again that he gave it to other individuals. This task, this crucial task, is to think that he neglected his sole responsibility. In Surah 64, verse 12, it says, You shall obey God and you shall obey the messenger if you turn away. Then the sole mission of our messenger is to deliver the message. This was the sole function that Prophet Muhammad had to do, to deliver this Quran. To think that he did not take this responsibility upon himself to do that is absolutely absurd. But there's more evidence to show that Prophet Muhammad wrote this Quran with his own hand. In Surah 69, verse 44 through 47, we read something very interesting. And it's talking about the Prophet. It says, had he uttered any other teachings, we would have punished him. We would have stopped the revelations to him. None of you could have helped him. Now, what's interesting is 6945, this expression, we would have punished him. The literal Arabic of this is that we would have seized him by the right hand. What would have been the significance for God to indicate that had Muhammad taught any other teachings, that God would have seized him by the right hand. This is because this is the hand that Muhammad was using to write this Quran. This is further proof that Muhammad wrote this Quran with his own hand. He could read, he could write, and this was his sole duty was to write this Quran. So how did this fabrication start? What did the Muslim ulama do to convince people that Muhammad was illiterate? The trick that they deployed was the twisting of one specific word, and that word is ummi. Ummi in the Quran means a Gentile, someone who does not have a scripture. But they twisted this word to signify someone who is illiterate, who cannot read or write. 
So rather than someone who did not read or write the previous scriptures, they expanded it to say that it means strictly someone who cannot read or write, period. And the verse that they use to justify this typically is Surah 29, verse 48. 29.48, it's talking to the prophet, says, you did not read the previous scriptures, nor did you write them with your hand. In that case, the rejecters would have had reason to harbor doubts. And they use this as a justification to say, look, he did not read or write because this verse is stating so, but it's specifically talking about the previous scriptures. This is not talking about being able to read or write generally. And this is obvious because one of the miracles of the Quran was the fact that Prophet Muhammad was a Gentile. He did not know the previous scriptures. This is what the general Arab population was signified as. Yet he had these intimate details of the lives and the histories of the prophets and the messengers in the past. And this was reason why the enemies of the prophet at the time speculated that there was someone from the previous scriptures disseminating this information to the prophet. And we see this claim in Surah 16, verse 1 and 3. It says, we are fully aware that they say a human being is teaching him. The tongue of the source they hint at is non-Arabic, and this is in perfect Arabic tongue. So these individuals speculated that there was someone from the children of Israel, someone from the previous scriptures who was giving him this information, yet the Quran was written in perfect Arabic tongue. But it's obvious, if you look at the handful of verses where the word umin is used, consistently it's in reference to Gentiles and not just illiterate individuals. And it's obvious when you look at the verses. The very first one that portrays this point is Surah 2 verse 78. It says, Among them are umin who do not know the scripture except through hearsay, then assume that they know it. Some individuals twist this translation to say among them are illiterates who do not know the scripture. Now you can get away with that to an extent, but the reality is the word umin, it means Gentile because there are Gentiles who do not know the scripture. That's the whole concept of a Gentile, except through hearsay, then assume that they know it. But if you look at the next verse in Surah 62 verse 2, this one is clearly obvious. It reads, he is the one who sent to the umin, a messenger from among them to recite to them his revelations, purify them, teach them the scripture and wisdom. Before this, they had gone far astray. So when it says he is the one who sent to the umin, was Muhammad only sent to the illiterates, a messenger from among them, or was he sent to the Gentiles? Arabs, by definition, according to the previous scriptures, were considered Gentiles. Muhammad was sent to the Gentiles in order to disseminate the Quran to them. And this was actually prophesied in the previous scriptures, you can look up Jewish scholarly work regarding Gentile prophets. And this is actually what's commanded to the children of Israel in the Quran to follow the Gentile prophet. In Surah 7 verse 157, it says, follow the messenger, the Gentile, umin, prophet, whom they find written in their Torah and gospel. And again, in 7158, it says, uh, therefore, you shall believe in God and his messenger, the Gentile prophet. Now, individuals, they twist this to say the illiterate prophet. But you do not find any concepts of illiterate prophets in the previous scriptures. But you do find the concept of Gentile prophets and the children of Israel being commanded to follow the Gentile prophets. This is an open discussion. You can go and see threads on this, but you'll not see one regarding following the illiterate prophets because that is a fabrication. The next verse 
that's worth looking into to show that the word ummin, it means a Gentile and not just someone who's illiterate, is in Surah 3, verse 75. This is about the children of Israel or the people of the previous scriptures who believe they did not have to be honest when dealing with the Gentiles. It reads, some followers of the scripture can be trusted with a whole lot and they will give it back to you. Others among them cannot be trusted with a single denier. They will not repay you unless you keep after them. That is because they say we do not have to be honest when dealing with the Gentiles. Thus, they attribute lies to God knowingly. I have never seen Jewish jurisprudence say that the Jews do not have to be honest when dealing with the illiterates. But you do see tons of writings about how they're allowed to treat the Gentiles differently, that they're able to charge usury on the Gentiles, but not on the, uh, the children of Israel, not those of the previous scriptures. So to say that this we do not have to be honest when dealing with the illiterates is absolutely comical. There is no Jewish jurisprudence uh, for that claim. But consistently, you do see that the Jews have a different set of laws that they can apply towards the Gentiles versus people of the scripture. And they considered anyone who's not of the children of Israel as a Gentile. And the last verse that sums up the fact that the word umin, it means Gentile, and it does not have the broad implication of someone who cannot read or write according to the Quran, is Surah 3 verse 20. One of the ways of understanding the Quran is that the Quran oftentimes will put things that are opposite to, of one another for us to understand each side by its opposite. And that's exactly what Surah 3 verse 20 does. It reads, if they argue with you, then say, I have simply submitted myself to God, I and those who follow me. And here's the, the, the crux. It says, you shall proclaim to those who received the scripture as well as those who did not. And this expression for those who did not is umiin, because you either received the scripture, which makes you not a Gentile, or you did not receive a scripture, which makes you a Gentile. So this is contrasting these two pairs. It's not that you shall proclaim to those who received the scripture as well as the illiterates. I mean, that's a comical translation, but it's specifically those who received the scripture and those who did not, which constitute, again, Gentiles. And it continues, would you submit? If they submit, then they have been guided. But if they turn away, again, your sole mission is to deliver this message. God is seer of all people. So from these examples in the Quran, where the word ummin is used, we see that the appropriate translation is a Gentile, someone who does not have a previous scripture. And to apply this to mean that it means all illiterates would mean that Muhammad was only preaching to those who are illiterate. That the children of Israel have a different set of laws about how they can conduct themselves amongst themselves versus the illiterates. That the children of Israel were prophesizing an illiterate prophet to come to them as opposed to a Gentile prophet. As opposed to that they have different laws for the Gentiles as they do for the people of the scripture. So all this compounds that, yes, Prophet Muhammad could read and write. Again, the first revelation given to him was to read and that God teaches by means of the pen. Surah 68 confirms that the pen is used in order to write. And Surah 73 confirms that one of the commandments given to, uh, by God to the Prophet was to read the Quran slowly, deliberately, from cover to cover as it was being disseminated to him. And that the sole duty of the Prophet was to write down 
the information given to him, that he would have never outsourced this to some other entity. And had he revealed any other information other than what God commanded him by means of the Quran, that God would have seized the Prophet by his right hand. All this compounds to show just how easy it was for individuals to dupe millions of individuals for hundreds of years to convince them that the Prophet was illiterate, that he could not read or write, despite these obvious facts that anyone who reads the Quran for themselves can understand, to think that after 23 years of receiving this Quran, that Muhammad was incapable of reading or writing, despite the history of him being a merchant, being familiar with the Arabic alphabet, is just absolutely absurd. And this is the length of uh, ways that Satan can dupe individuals, billions of people, to believe a false narrative. And just more of a reason why we have to be conscientious of everything we believe, to make sure that it corresponds with the verses of the Quran, because this is our ultimate truth. God willing, we're going to end there. If you guys got comments or questions, please hit us up at Talk at gmail.com. If you want to follow along the verses of the Quran, please download the Quran Study app on the iOS App Store. If you don't have an iOS device, please go to the QuranStudyApp.com website where you'll see all the content from the app. Full translation by Dr. Rashad Khalifa, a word-by-word -word translation of each of the Arabic uh, words in any given verses, a concordance of the roots and the derivative meanings of every single verse in the Quran. And if you like the podcast, please share it with others. And until next time, peace and God bless.